Thank you, Conan. Thank you, everyone. Don't let the outfit fool you. I am a Batmanologist. We're a, we're a small but feisty group. And you get no respect from those clowns in the ivory tower, but that's okay. Unlike the rest of the population, we're not afraid of clowns. We hate them. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about Captain Marvel is because he was incredibly popular and influential during the Golden Age of Comics. And so I thought it would fit in with the whole Golden Age of Comics theme of the comics issue of Tattle Creek Magazine. Let's have a big round of applause for Conan Tobias and Tattle Creek Magazine. Thank you. All right. Good to go? All right. Okay. Now that I've dispensed with the opening Batmanology remarks, uh, the first modern, we have to start. To examine Captain Marvel, we have to start with Superman. Everything has to start with Superman. He is the first modern superhero, uh, created in 1930, well, published in 1938. Uh, he was sold for $130 to National Comics. I've never been able to figure out if that was $65 each, but I think it was probably uh, uh, $130 total. Um, Barrels of ink have been spilt talking about how popular Superman was. He was immediately changed the game, showed everyone in the publishing industry that there was such a thing as a superhero pie, and they all wanted a piece. And since uh, the publishing industry is and always has been a den of vipers filled with alcoholics, megalomaniacs, shifty con men, and outright gangsters, never more so than in the 1930s New York City, Everybody wanted a piece of the superhero pie. The first superhero to be shot down by lawyers was this fellow right here, Wonder Man. Uh, Victor Fox Publications. Uh, Victor Fox was a bit of a shady character, even for the whole crew of liars, shifty con men, megalomaniacs, alcoholics, and all that. He cranked this out. He got Will Eisner to create this on his lunch break or something. Cranked it out. Got it out there. DC's lawyers took one look at it and said copyright infringement. Sent their lawyers off. Wonder Man went to court and lost. He, Victor Fox later published a second issue of Wonder Stories, Wonder Comics, uh, and was sued for that too because it turns out that somebody else owned the trademark for Wonder Comics. So, oops. In 1939, also, Roscoe Kent Fawcett at Fawcett Publications told his bullpen of writers and editors and artists, give me Superman, but make his alter ego a 12-year-old boy. So, Captain Marvel. And if you'll notice, on the first issue of each of them, they're both throwing cars at a wall. <laughs> that's pretty much where the similarities between, and the, the red union suit, that's pretty much where the similarities between Superman and Captain Marvel begin and end. They like to throw cars at walls, they have a similar tailor, that's about it. Uh, for the uninitiated, I shall now relate the origin of Captain Marvel. For those who don't know, because you're uninitiated. Young orphan Billy Batson, a homeless newsboy, is lured onto a mysterious subway train by an enigmatic stranger. That was, that, I don't know, in 1939, that was normal, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the subway takes him to a strange underground cavern where he sees statues representing the seven deadly enemies of man. Pride, envy, greed, hatred, selfishness, laziness, and injustice. I guess they couldn't throw lust in there. 
this. Uh, comic book. It's for kids. Come on. An ancient wizard is seated on a throne with a massive stone suspended above his head. He commands Billy to say his name. Say my name. And Billy does. Shazam. And with that, the lightning strikes and transforms Billy, and the stone crushes the old wizard. Billy now has the power, the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Shazam. It's an acronym of a magic word. While Superman was battling social evils, Captain Marvel's villains were more diverse, not to say bizarre. Dr. Savannah, a cackling bald mad scientist who used to call Captain Marvel the big red cheese and uh, threw soup in his face one time. Soup in your eye. Have some soup in your eye. Uh, he fought a guy named Mr. Banjo. I tried to look up a picture of Mr. Banjo. There is no Mr. Banjo pictures on the internet anywhere. I don't know why. Uh, he had a banjo and a wild gleam in his eyes. That's about all I can tell you. I think he robbed banks or something. Uh, Iback, who was the evil version of Captain Marvel. Black Adam, who was also the evil version of Captain Marvel. Relty, the reverse Hitler from another dimension. <laughs> And then there was Mr. Mind and his monster society of evil, which was all of the above. Iback, Black Adam, Relty, the reverse Hitler. Including the real Hitler and Mussolini. Um, we're all, uh, and Tojo, we're all in the monster society of evil. Mr. Mind was a, actually revealed to be a super intelligent inchworm from outer space who wore Coke bottle glasses and had a miniature radio strapped around his neck to amplify his voice, obviously. <laughs> Mr. Vine was eventually executed in the electric chair for the 186,744 murders he had committed, but it's hard to keep a good super-intelligent inchworm from outer space down, so he eventually returned. No explanation was given. <laughs> ha, 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 he's evil. He's a worm. The original Captain Marvel was bizarre in a way that's hard to explain unless you really smoke a heroic amount of pot. Um, there's a strange, whimsical quality to these stories, as if in a dream, or it's like a little kid's idea of what evil actually is. They were constantly trying to top themselves and double down on the strangeness. There's an entire story that is concerns the theft of a pie recipe and is nothing but Captain Marvel being hit in the face by pies for like eight pages. For 16 pages, sorry about that. Uh, Captain Marvel's sidekick was a talking tiger named Mr. Talky Tawny. No, Cap, we're not going to tell you what's going on here. There he is. Mr. Talky Tawny. He wore a tweed sports coat. He could talk. He uh, walked with the aid of a walking stick. He smoked cigars, for crying out loud. Uh, and, like, he was an amateur detective in comic relief for the thing. In a comic relief in a series about pies being thrown at him. Beat, beat that, Superman. To say Captain Marvel was a success is an understatement. Wiz Comics number 2 sold 500,000 copies 
and circulate uh, 500,000 copies. Can you imagine that? 500,000 copies. 500,000 copies. Every single <laughs> month. Um, by a circulation numbers by issue 19 had reached 1.3 million copies per issue. More than Superman. Uh, da, 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 da. What do we do when something is successful? We milk the hell out of it. In December 1941, we met Freddie Freeman, who was a uh, friend of Billy's, who was mortally wounded by Captain Nazi, who was Captain Marvel's villain, Captain Nazi, uh, and gained the power of Shazam by saying the word Captain Marvel, thus making him Captain Marvel Jr., the only superhero unable to say his own name. Uh, Billy found his long-lost sister, and when she said the word Shazam, she became Mary Marvel, the world's mightiest girl. There was also uh, a couple of non-superpowered Marvels. Uh, Uncle Marvel, who was uh, a lovable con artist, and his niece Freckles. And three servicemen nicknamed Fat Marvel, Tall Marvel, and Hillbilly Marvel, who were all coincidentally named Billy Batson. And they gained powers by saying Shazam too. In 1942, Hoppy the Marvel Bunny made his debut, <laughs> later gaining his own series. He had the strength of ten bunnies. <laughs> Not really all that strong, but, uh, you know, times were different. Times were good, and Fawcett had literally caught lightning in a bottle, but there were dark clouds on the horizon. See what I did there? National Comics, D.C., was super pissed at the competition and sent in lawyers almost immediately, claiming copyright infringement. But Captain Marvel was no Wonder Man, and Fawcett was no Fox. DC decided to bury Fawcett in paper throughout the 1940s until things came to a head in 1948. A judge ruled that Captain Marvel did inf indeed infringe the copyright, but that DC themselves were negligent in renewing the copyright to the Superman newspaper strips, essentially abandoning the copyright to their most famous character. So it was a bit of a push in legal terms. Uh, DC appealed the decision, and Judge Learned Hand found no infringement Except, yes, Judge Learned Hand. I believe he uh, integrated the army or school system or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Wikipedia's your friend, kids. It's hot in here. It's hot. Uh, it's hot. Uh, Judge Learned Hand found no infringement except for specific instances of superfeats or situations similar in nature and said he'd have to retry the entire case in light of this information. By this time, it was 1951. The case dragged on at DC's insistence for another two years before Fawcett gave up and finally settled out of court, paying DC $400,000 and shuttering their comics division entirely. The last issue of Captain Marvel appeared in 1954. End of story, right? Not on your life, friend. A British publisher had been reprinting Captain Marvel stories in England and doing quite well with it until the well of stories abruptly dried up. So they changed the costumes, tweaked the origin, changed the names, and voila, Captain Marvel became Marvel Man. Captain Marvel Jr. became Young Marvel Man, and Mary Marvel got a gender switch and became Kid Marvel Man. The magic word became Komoda, atomic spelled backwards. And the series lasted until 1963. It was revived by a fresh-faced youngster named Alan Moore, who started with the premise, What if Marvel Man had forgotten his magic word? The series was groundbreaking meta-textual deconstruction of the superhero and one that cemented Alan Moore's position as one of, if not the greatest writer in comics book history. 
Only it couldn't be published in North America under its original title. Over here they called it Miracle Man. Why, you ask? I already told you. The publishing industry is a haven for criminals and shysters and backstabbing leeches like Stan Lee, head of Marvel Comics. He arranged to purchase the name and trademark of Captain Marvel, not the character, from Fawcett in the mid-60s when D Marvel was challenging DC sales-wise and market share-wise. Fawcett, happy to see DC take it on the chin, sold the name and trademark to Marvel, and by 1967, the all-new Captain Marvel appeared at Marvel Comics. And DC got really pissed off with this because he was an alien named Marvel, seriously. And he came to Earth, and there was nothing they could do about it. And he never really sold very well, but Marvel was assiduous in using him regularly to maintain the copyright. If you think this is the end of the story, I have news for you. It's not. There he is. It's the 70s. This is, uh, they, they revamped his costume in the 70s. DC was righteously pissed by Marvel's actions, having spent so much money killing the original Captain Marvel in the first place, that they approached Fawcett and bought the character of Captain Marvel from them. DC had done this before, buying Plastic Man and the Blackhawks from Police Comics until after they ran them out of business, and the quality line of uh, minor heroes like Black Condor, the Human Bomb, the Ray, Uncle Sam, Doll Man, and Phantom Lady. Fawcett was pleased to be paid twice for what was essentially dead stock and agreed, and in 1972, the deal was finalized. The only catch was Marvel owned the name, so they had to call him Shazam on the cover and call him Captain Marvel inside the books, which confused little kids and nerds as well, too, I guess. <laughs> Marvel had lawyers, too. Uh, there w it was to be a triumphant return to greatness for the world's mightiest mortal, but sadly it was not to be. The weird glory and strange whimsy of the original stories and Captain Marvel became what DC always said he was, an inferior copy of Superman. There was a live action Saturday morning, Saturday morning show, the less said about which the better, uh, and a cartoon show by the hacks at Filmation, but he never really caught on as much as DC hoped he would. He kicked around as a backup in World's Finest or at the slump and malaise of the late 1970s. Marvel, for their part, oh, they killed off Captain Marvel. Oh, spoiler. And he actually stayed dead. But uh, they <laughs> spun him off. This is a series of Captain, uh, the Marvel Captain Marvels. They spun off uh, the first feminist superhero, Ms. Marvel. At least they tried. Uh, they killed off their Captain Marvel in 1982 and then immediately created a new character called Captain Marvel. That's her right there. She had uh, vague energy powers. She was in the Avengers for a while. She actually led the Avengers for a while. Then she went into space, went crazy, lost her powers, changed her name, went away for a while, and uh, Warren Ellis eventually got his hands on her in Next Wave, Agents of Hate, the greatest comic ever published. Then they uh, created uh, the original Captain Marvel's son, but he went crazy and tried to destroy the universe. So Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel uh, kind of by default. <laughs> There's Ms. Marvel, the original feminist superhero. At least they tried. You know what I'm saying? She went through a tortured history. She lost her powers. She went crazy. She got pregnant and it turned out that the baby was the father and there was all weird <laughs> time travel shenanigans and it was really, I don't know, man, it, it, it's what was going on in Marvel in the early 80s. But uh, 
Incidentally, now there's a new Ms. Marvel who is the first Muslim-American superhero, so, you know, at least they're trying. That's uh, Captain Marvel's uh, second costume when she was called Warbird and she was an alcoholic. Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) That's the new Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. She's getting a movie in 2019, so write that down on your calendar and wait four years because it's going to be a while. And the new Muslim-American... Ms. Marvel. Uh, quite popular, quite good. It's, uh, it's really good. Uh, and it's empowering to see representations of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but what are the big red cheese himself? After 1986 and the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Captain Marvel became a part of the mainstream DC universe. He endured reboot after reboot after reboot. I'm not going to detail them all because they were all terrible. Uh, eventually, Billy became the wizard Shazam, Freddy became Captain Marvel, no junior. Mary Marvel became some kind of weird dominatrix, mind control something, in a black outfit. It, 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 it's, don't bother. Trust me, don't bother. In 2011, almost 70 years after he first appeared, this is what Captain Marvel looks like now. He throws lightning at people for some reason. I don't know. He wears a hood. Uh, I don't know. I liked him get when he back better when he was getting pies in the face. You know what I mean? Uh, they don't call him Captain Marvel anymore. They call him Shazam, making him the second superhero unable to say his own name. So now you know far too much about Captain Marvel, but I'd like to end with a couple of curious facts. Gomer Pyle's favorite exclamation, Shazam, became a touchstone for future generations who had never read a, Marvel com- a Captain Marvel comic book in their life, even though 11 people out of 10 these days have no idea who Gomer Pyle was. And Elvis Presley's favorite superhero was Captain Marvel Jr. He, the king even copied his hairstyle and mannerisms, influencing his more dubious sartorial choices during his infamous Vegas period. Comic books, man. They'll rot your brain and they'll break your heart. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick.